Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to City Church. We're glad you're with us this morning. Let's start out this morning with a dose of some good worship, singing about some good grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing this morning. Everything with breath, repeat the sound. All is 
seated. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, there used to be a little jingle I'd uh, use at the Golden Agers and it was like this. Hello everybody, let us get acquainted. Everybody smile and say hello. Hello! <laughs> I used to sing it, but I'm not going to bore you this morning. But anyway, it's a little jingle. So anyway, I wanted to share with you briefly, I'm excited about Pastor John coming this morning to share about his Bible program that's going worldwide. I mean, really is. And I'm not going to say any more because I want him to be the one to share with you what's going on with that. So we're excited about that and we're supporting him. But I wanted to also mention to you my sister in Christ, my dear friend, Patty Turner, handed me a book. I don't know if she was implying anything or not, but anyway, I'm telling you, I started reading this book, and it is absolutely an excellent read. And it's by Erwin Lutzer, and he did, has anybody ever heard of Erwin? was a pastor at Moody Bible Church for several years and still is on the radio, see, uh, 103? Yeah, yeah CRF 103. And uh, I love the guy, but he wrote a book, and it's entitled, We Will Not Be Silenced. We Will Not. This book is a good read, and if you can find it or buy it, I would suggest you get this book. Now, I'm just about halfway through, but I want to share with you just a few excerpts from this this morning. Uh, one thing, it's a song, actually. The church, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. And we know that very well. And then also, Corey Ten Boom said, The wonderful thing about praying is that you leave a world of not being able to do something and enter God's realm where everything is possible. Think about that. Now, I'm, I'm sure all of you 
our prayer warriors in here, and I'd want to th hope so. But uh, it's something that we need to do. And he has a prayer in there that he wrote out, and I want to I read this to you this morning. And just listen to it. Our Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus for mercy and grace. We thank you that when Jehoshaphat was told that a great army was coming against him, that he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. That's in 2 Chronicles 23. Teach us to seek your face on behalf of our churches and our country. Help us to be agents of reconciliation and hope in a time of strife and conflict. Cause us to see our great need for repentance and wisdom. We know that behind the scenes of history, cosmic battles are being fought between good and evil, God and Satan. We acknowledge our dependence upon you, for like Jehoshaphat, we confess we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's verse 12 of the same chapter. We thank you that after Jehoshaphat and his people fasted and prayed, you gave him the assurance, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is not ours but God's. As they sang praises to you, you brought deliverance to your people. Help us to face the future with optimism and joy and for we are yours. We pray that your church, uh, comprised of all the races and backgrounds, many unite in singing your praises and giving thanks to your name. Teach us to love one another and so display the uh, oneness of which our Savior prayed. Today, let us not be overwhelmed by the sins of others, but by our own sins, our own needs and failures. Let us not use prayer as a cop-out, but rather may we speak with authority and confidence and face our challenges with a listening ear. Let us listen, learn, and stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, I'm wide awake and aware of things that are going on. We have three countries and a fourth that's trying to get a nuclear weapon. The one country can send a nuclear bomb here in 88 seconds. Think about it. We've never lived in a time like this. Now, am I worried about that? No, I'm not. I'm not letting that even begin to, to make me fearful. I'm not because I serve the true, the living, and the only God, and the only salvation is through him and through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? And we stand solid on that rock. And we cannot be moved from it. We cannot be uh, taken away from standing for what we believe. We cannot be fearful. We need to be able to stand and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is who he said he was and that we serve the true and living Savior. Amen. I'm excited to hear Pastor John today, and I hope you get your listening ears on and, and understand what he's going to be talking about. It's getting the gospel into all the world, and that's the part of the end times also. You know that, don't you? So let's not be fearful. Let's rejoice always in the Lord. 
And I think we have a reason to. Father, we just thank you again. Now, Father, just bless our time here. Oh, Father, already the music is just touching our hearts. And, Lord, as we continue in praise and worship, and then as Pastor John comes, I pray that you just bless everything here, Father, that we would leave out of here with no fear and knowing, Father, that you're in control of all things, Father. And all things work together for good to them who love you, who are called according to your purpose, Father. And I want to feel that I'm in that category. So, Jesus, we love you and we give all the praise to you. Amen. All right. Thanks, Reverend Ernie. Hey, before we stand, James and Brooke, can you guys come up here real quick? Come up here. So, um, church family. James and Brooke Valentine are going to uh, start teaching our middle and high schoolers next Sunday. So we're very excited to have them up here. See, I'm even bigger than James when I'm standing on three steps. <laughs> no, we're, we're glad to have them um, being willing to step in. How many kids do you guys have? Oh, uh, we have seven. Seven children. They've got some experience. <laughs> Most importantly, they love the Lord, so we're excited about having them next week. So if you're in middle school, high school, please look for them next week. They're going to start teaching us. And uh, the first Sunday of every month, just like today, we're going to have our middle schoolers and high schoolers stay out in the service with us. But then the other weeks, they'll be in class with you too. So thank you. God bless you guys. All right, let's stand and continue with our worship. Let's sing about the amazing love of the Lord Jesus Christ.
think about that as you sang those words today you're honoring the lord jesus christ today so what a privilege we have Somebody with a hand that I could have held When I just can't see past my 
Pastor John here yet? All right. Well, then we get to sing another song, church family. Yeah? He's here? Go get him. We'll sing another song. All right. One more song before Pastor John comes this morning. Great song. Evidence. history Your faithfulness has walked beside me The winter storms made way for spring In every season from where I'm standing I see the evidence of your good Good. 
church. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The kids can go to their classes. Didn't you already? No, no, Whoa. Really, no. All of a sudden. This is, uh, this is Pastor John Stahl. He is one of our best friends. We love him and his wife, Deanna. We've served in ministry together over the years a lot. I got to be, spend a few years underneath his ministry at High Point Christian Church. And uh, I remember when we went there, we had had a dry season in our lives. And we went and visited and got to hear John through the power of the Holy Spirit, share the word. And Lori and I leave crying <laughs> every Sunday. We were just so blessed by his ministry. So we're excited he's here with us today. He's going to share what the Lord put upon his heart. And he's also going to share a little bit about one of the ministries that you support as a church family, and that's the Emoji Bible Project. So Lisa made a good point. Not everybody in here might know what an emoji is, okay? Emojis are used, I use them like all day long on my text messages and in messages Quick little symbol that at a glance will express a feeling, emotion, or a person or a place or a thing. And it's a quick identification. It is used in so many formats. And John had a vision years ago. He shared it with me one day when we were at the YMCA and he was lifting, lifting a lot of heavy weights and I was lifting the girls' ladies' home journal. <laughs> and he said, Ben, I got this idea the Lord's put upon my heart. He goes, wouldn't it be good? How many more people could we reach? if we could break down, add to God's gospel emojis so that people that aren't familiar could get a quick glimpse of what God's trying to tell us. And I was like, that would be awesome. Well, it's happened and it's in quite a, it's all over, going all over the world, it seems like that. So we're excited to have you with us today, brother. Thanks, Ben. Love you. Thank you for the introduction as well. So I was just sitting in the back with Brent and uh, Brent and I were actually ordained on the same day and it was funny because after we got ordained, one of the first things we had to do is we had to get up and there was a communion day. And in the communion day, we had to read a scripture. And so they just handed out the scripture and gave us the scripture. And the scripture they gave me had this word in it, and it was H-Y-S-S-O-P. And so I leaned over to Brent and I go, is it hyssop or hyssop? And he was like, I think it's hyssop. Well, Brent's a pretty reliable guy. I'm like, okay. So I got out there and I read it and I said, hi, Sip. And when I sat back down, the guy next to me was like, it's Hyssop. And I looked at Brent and he goes, Hyssop, Hyssop. It's all the same thing. So I still don't know what Hyssop or Hyssop is. I probably should have looked it up ahead of time because someone goes, hey, what is that Hyssop, Hyssop? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But anyway, so we're going to be in John chapter 12 today. If you guys want to turn your Bibles there, I'm going to read to you uh, a set of verses ahead of time. We're going to talk about the steps of faith that we take. What are the steps of faith that we can take, especially as we're coming into the Easter season? So let's go ahead and say a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in here shortly. Heavenly Father, God, as you watch over this time that we have, Lord, your word is as relevant today as it has ever been. 
with all the things that are going on around us, with all the busyness, with all the craziness, everything is trying to pull us away from you. God, is the foundation that we have. Lord, help us today to understand that we can stand upon this in every conversation, in every moment, in every single person that we meet, and in people that we spend our time with every single day. So God, I pray that you watch over us through this Easter season. Help, help us to see how we can not only hear this message, but live the message of your word. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So recently, I had a mindset that I was going to make a trip to the bank. And if you've there are times where, like, you, you have your schedule, and you're going to break it down, and it's a 15-minute thing, and you're going to get set, and no matter what, I'm going to go drive here, I'm going to pull in, I'm going to walk in, get what I have to get done, and then I'm going to head out, right? We've all done that before, right? Now, for my wife, she has to be careful because if she does that, she, you know, women, they have to have at least 20 minutes ahead of time to get ready, and so if she just has decided, I'm not going to get ready, and if that is the day that she's just like, I'm just going to run and get this done, what are the chances I'm going to run into somebody? That's the day she's going to run into three people or five people, and then I'm going to get a phone call later and going, hey, is Deanna okay? Is everything all right? Because she like, she looked homeless when I saw her, and I didn't know what was going on, but you can guarantee that that's going to happen to you, but for guys, we get it set that, man, this is my mindset, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to do this project, I'm going to do this project, and in between these two projects, I've got a 15-minute window, and in that 15-minute window, I'm going to get this done. So my thing that day was to go to the bank. When I walked into the bank, as I'm looking, there's glass doors, another set of glass doors, and in front where all the bankers are. There's no one in between me. So now, in my mind, this 15 minutes, this could turn to 10 minutes. I could possibly even get out there for five. I'm going to get 10 minutes back of my day. What am I going to do with them? And just as I did that, I go to open that second door, and this guy starts walking to me. He came out of nowhere. Like, my, my tunnel was right here. He just kind of came out of here, boom, comes walking around. And I looked at him like, oh, my goodness, there's someone I know. Now, at this point... I had to make a decision, right? Because if I look away and it's like someone from my church, you know, then they're going to be like, hey, thanks for ditching me out there and not even saying hello. Or I walk past them like, John, you know, could you at least say hello? I make contact, con eye contact, and then I did this. How you doing? Which to me is a natural thing. Now, we need to understand something. When somebody asks you how you're doing, there's certain responses to it. And it shouldn't be more than just a few words. Your response back which should just be like, good. Or things are okay. Thanks for asking. Everything's fine. This guy pulls up and he was like, hey, I am glad you asked. And he starts telling me the whole like story of everything that's going on in his life. Now, remember, there's no one from me to the banker. And I've got 15 minutes. And this guy doesn't know that I only have 15 minutes. So he starts having this full conversation. And part of me is like, wants to stop and go, listen, you've already broken the code. You're past the six words. We don't talk about this anymore. Call me later, text me, whatever it might be. The problem was I couldn't place where I'd seen him. So now as he's talking, I'm doing that half-listen thing. Have you ever done that? We all do it to our spouses, right? Where we're like, we're talking about something, we ask a question, and then our spouse comes back, and, and they'll answer something completely different. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Because they're so, like, involved with their cell phone. They're like, what did you ask? Could you not see I was looking at my cell phone? My life was here, and then you brought this noise over here. We all go through that, right? So... Here's this guy, he's broken the code, he's telling me everything that's going on, but as he's telling me, I'm only catching half of it as he's going through, and the reason why is because I couldn't place where I knew him. And I'm trying to like, okay, I'm going through this stuff. Do I know him from church? No. Do I know him from ABT? No. Was it someone I served with in ministry? Did I play softball with the guy? Did I, you know, you start going through all these different things. 
and you're trying to place them because when you see someone like not where you normally see them, it's tough to recognize them. Way, way, way back when Chandler was just a little baby, and he's 26 now, Deanna was, at, uh, was on the, with the strip in that, and she was pushing her stroller. And all of a sudden, this guy's like, yeah, just like yelled her out of the blue. And she kind of looked, and she was like, John, it was like this homeless guy. She's like, it, it totally freaked me out. I just wasn't ready for it. It was just me and, you know, the baby. He had his cutoff on. He was wearing boots. He had this headband on, these sunglasses. He's like, welcome to hey. He starts, like, having a conversation with me. He's like, I couldn't place him. He finally pulled his sunglasses off. It was Dallas. <laughs> She saw Dallas in a three-piece suit standing up here, you know, preaching. He doesn't, I know he doesn't wear the three-piece suit anymore, but that's what she saw him as. So when he's talking all that kind of stuff, she's like, you know, pulling for the mace, you know, all that kind of stuff, getting ready. And then she finally realized who it was. Well, it's the same thing with this. I'm having this conversation, and I know I can place him, but I can't place him and place him. And then he says this. He's like, you know, my wife Janet, and he starts going through this stuff, and I'm like, I don't know anybody named Janet. I don't know one person in my life named Janet because like, like when you do couples, like, you know, you go, okay, Jim and Lisa or Ben and Lori. But if I say Lori, oh, Lori and Ben, oh, Lisa and Jim, like you can place the different couples. So I'm going, Janet and, Janet and, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, does he look like a Tom, Janet and Bill? I'm trying to put every name to it. And then he starts talking about his kids. And he's like, you know, the ones in middle school, and now they're playing soccer. Now I realize, oh my goodness, they play soccer in the middle school. My youngest now is going to graduate from high school. For those of you who've known me for a while, my youngest, Brent and I were just talking. Our kids graduate from high school this year. So now they have a middle schooler. So now here's this guy in front of me that I know from somewhere, and he's got a wife named Janet. By the way, if this guy's here today, I hope you come to know Jesus through this. So, but... He, literally, he's talking about his wife, and his kids are going, my kids don't play soccer. We're a baseball family. That's just what we do. We baseball, softball, basketball, that kind of stuff. So now I know, okay, I've really got to stretch to see where this guy's at. And as he gets done with the story, as he's finally finishing up, way past his six words, he says, so what do you think I should do? I've only listened to half of it, right? I don't know Janet. I don't know soccer. And I don't know your kids. And so I have an opportunity now to share something. Well, let's ask you a question. Some of you have looked at me, maybe, oh, I kind of remember him. I'm not really sure. I don't remember. What would you say to me if we just ran into each other at the bank? What, 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 and, and all of a sudden I said to you, hey, here's everything that's going on in my life. Here's the struggles I'm having right now. You know, life's been kind of tough. All the stuff that's going on on the outside, I mean, it's a noisy world. And, and I, I can't seem to find any quiet time. I, I can't find this place where I want to be with God and just spend the time with him because I'm so busy throughout my day that I get up and I'm like, I'm going to give my first 20 minutes to God. And then three hours into my day, I haven't given him 20 seconds. And then I go to my next project and my next thing and my next thing and I keep going to all these different projects. Everything happened to the point where I don't even know if I recognize God or God even recognizes me. But I know he's there and I know he's present. So what would you say to him? What would you say to me? If someone stopped you to have this conversation, and I broke every code, and I broke everything that was going on, and you couldn't place me, but I was just someone that was in need. See, we're coming up on Easter. The most attended service of the year is Easter. Number two is Christmas. Do you guys know what number three is? Mother's Day. Do you know what the least attended service is? Father's Day. So there's this little break in here that we have coming up because Easter is late. So you're going to challenge yourself at some point to invite someone along to come to Easter, right? To come to that Easter service, to hear that message. Well, why wait? 
let's take this next Sunday starting April 10th and then Easter after it and then for two more weeks. And moms, this is the perfect time of year. Listen, how many people are moms in here? No guys raise their hand, by the way. Okay, all you moms that are in here, right? There is no one better at giving a guilt trip than you. Okay? I know we don't do guilt, but on Mother's Day, you can say that was actually grace. We'll turn it for you. All right? You just share that with them. So we have next Sunday, Palm Sunday. We have Easter. We have two more weeks after that, and then we have Mother's Day. Don't invite them just for Easter. Let's invite them for the next month. Let's bring them along with us for the next month. But how do we do that? The evidence is going to be in the message that we share today. Before we get to John chapter 12, I want to read to you what happens before this so we get a little backstory. This is Jesus. He has just arrived at a tomb, and a cave with a stone is rolled across its entrance. And Jesus says, roll the stone aside. So, for those of you who don't know the story, he is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. His friend has died. He knows that he has died. He has been doing ministry elsewhere. All the disciples are there going, hey, man, you know, Lazarus isn't doing so well. And they send a messenger. And if he's not doing well, it must be really, really bad. And Jesus is like, well, we've got ministry to do here first. We're heading back that way because Passover's coming. We've got this whole thing that's going on. You guys don't know the grand scheme of things, but here's what's happening. So as we head back, we'll stop by and see Lazarus then. Lazarus dies. And so, as they're coming back, he's been gone not one, not two, not three, but four days. And that's really, really important. We'll get into that just a little bit. So, Lazarus dies. So, when he gets back, what Jesus sees is he sees all these mourners. Because at that time, you hired mourners. And all these wailers. And they're like, oh, it's so sad. And they're all mourning. And Jesus is looking at him and he's like, this is just not real. This is kind of fake. You know, these people are putting on a show. All the things going on. Let's, let's talk about what truly, truly matters here. But at the same time, he wants to put that aside because he is also grieving. We don't think about Jesus having friends. But Jesus had friends. His disciples had to be friends at some point. You don't work that closely with someone for three years alongside of them and not become close to them in a personal way. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are his friends. And he has lost Lazarus. But when he shows up, the show and everything that's going on, he's realizing these people just aren't getting it. So he says, have him roll back the stone. But Martha, Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. And listen to what she says. The smell has to be terrible. So hold on a second. Um, Martha, you're a believer. You truly believe. And you're worried about four days. That when we roll this stone back, you're worried about the smell? See, in this culture, they believe that once you were gone for three days, that everything started to break down. So they wrapped in these grave clothes, and they tried to keep the smell down so it's inside of it. They had the stone that's in front of it, but now he's starting to decompose. So there's no chance in day four that anything's going to happen. And then watch what Jesus says. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? See, we get so busy throughout our day that we don't see God's glory. We get so busy in our day that you as a believer, you don't realize that you are part of God's glory. For as much faith as you have in God, God has faith in you. And we don't think about that. We don't think about the fact that this is such a dark world and such a crazy world that it needs to have lights. And we are walking living lights for the glory of God. And when we stop and have conversations that we should stop long enough at least listen. We should stop long enough that it's been engaged for this reason. We should stop long enough, even when you're like me, we're, oh my goodness, straight to the front of the line. And now while this guy is talking, three more people showed up. And now my 15 minutes has turned into 30 minutes. Do you even know what I'm going through? 
We all have those struggles. But Jesus said this, just stop long enough to believe and you will see God's glory. That is what we want in our everyday walk. The people in your life and the people in my life, they need this right now. But they need it more for more than just the Easter season. They need it for more than just Mother's Day. They need it more for the just Christmas. They need this in their everyday walk because it's such a dark world. But our call isn't our project, isn't our schedule, isn't our business of life, isn't just what we do as a husband or just as a dad or a mom, isn't just how we treat our teammates or how we coach our kids or how we teach or how we work. It's all those things with God at the forefront and the center of it. Because people will see God's glory when we start living what we believe. It continues, says, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. So now the people need a sign. He understood it. Jesus knew it. Remember, he knows he's walking to his death. But they all need a sign, so let's give them that sign. God, let's tie this together. Let's help all of them out because what is about to happen, they have never seen before. You always hear me, he said, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you that sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. How many of you have ever been in a sunrise service, morning service for Easter? And they have the tomb there, and they, they, like the tomb starts to shake, right? And they put the music on, and then the tombstone like rolls back, and then all of a sudden, out pops Jesus, right? Or who, who we think is Jesus. Has anyone ever seen that? Okay, so you're the only people that wake up at 5 a.m. Thank you for being there and being part of it. The rest of you, that's something that churches tend to do. Guess what? Never happened. It never happened. It never happens in the Bible. The only one that the stone rolls back for and a dead man comes out is right here. Jesus rolled the stone back. Jesus called the dead man out. The dead man got up and he walked out. Do you want to know why that is? Because people at that time needed to see the dead man walk. And yet, in Jesus' story, the entire stone Everything around is obliterated. It is pulled out like a, a cork in a wine bottle. It's pulled out and then rolled uphill in front of the greatest military force at that time. And then every time that you see an angel in the Bible, there's this great light. So there's this great light coming within. But Jesus doesn't walk out. Why is that? God rolled the stone back for Jesus to invite you and me in. He invited the disciples in. He invited the women that came to the grave in. It's an invitation that God is showing for everyone. But see, at this time, they all needed the sign. And so the dead man that he calls gets to walk out. He finishes this part, and he says this. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped in a head clothes. And Jesus told them, this cracks me up, unwrap him and let him go. So they did. This is where we're going to be. We're going to pick up today, John chapter 12. That's the story behind the story. John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor, which just makes sense, right? I mean, 
you know, if, if you knew someone that raised a family member of yours, you're going to at least have a dinner party about it and at least share it with everybody. And this is what people did at this time. So they raised him from the dead. Hey, we're going to have a dinner party in his honor. And those three people that are his friends are the people throwing the party. So it's Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, who we're going to learn about in each way. These are the steps of faith that we can take. These are the steps of faith that we can take every day where we work, where we go to school, the teams that we're on. These are the steps of faith that we can take with people that we've never met, people that we might run into at Walmart or run into at Target or run into in your favorite shopping place, whatever it might be, the opportunity that God is going to present to us. You know why? Because those people have hearts just like we have hearts. But sadly, what's missing is their faith. They just don't have a knowing faith. And yet Jesus shared with his friends, if you just believe, you're going to see my glory. If you just have a conversation, you'll get a chance to see my glory. People may be naysayers against it, but you'll have an opportunity to see my glory. And you can count blessing after blessing after blessing as a believer. So here we go. Next thing. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Boom, that's it. That's the only time Martha's mentioned this entire passage. Martha served. Why? Because she was a servant. And so when I stop and say to you, hey, listen, you, do you want to get closer to the people around you? Do you want to have people around you that you can grow with? Do you want to, you know, as far as, as diving in to live more of your faith, be a part of a ministry, volunteer somewhere, help out at the church, do whatever, you know, work with little kids. I was a youth pastor for years. Work with those little kids, especially if you're a teenager. They look up to you like you cannot even believe. But do, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Do something for your faith. When it says serve, we all sound and go, oh, I don't want to serve. I don't want to like put extra time in. My schedule's so busy and all that kind of stuff. Serving here means loving. Just love people. Martha loved people. She's like, hey, come on in. The door's open. You know, there's a name tag. So make sure you put that on there. Got bread over there and some oil over there. And we're cooking in the back. We got some lambs on the spit. Everything's going to go great. Have a seat at the table. You know, the family's over there. Go say hello to everyone. That's what she did. She just served. That's what servants do. And they just do it until everybody goes home. And then they sit there and they put their feet up and they're like, whew. And then they get up and do what? They clean everything up because they're servants and that's what they do. Because they can't go to bed knowing that mess is there. Because they're not guys. Right? If they're men, they're like, we clean that up in three weeks. We could probably reuse those dishes, right? Martha served. You laugh, but we all know it's true. Martha served. That's it. And Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. Martha was just serving. She was just loving and caring for people. But Mary, Mary knew there was more to this meeting with Jesus than anybody else understood. What did Mary do? Mary worshiped. And see, many times when it comes to us and our faith, we don't realize that when we take the time with other people and we talk with other people, that we're putting God first and choosing to put him first, it's a sign of worship. God, I don't know why you brought this person here today to talk with me. I don't know why this person came in the back door. I don't know why they chose this church today. I don't know why they decided to talk to me. I don't know why this guy with Janet and his two kids that play soccer that I'm never going to probably ever see again wants to know what I think. We just don't know. But see, we're not called to know everything. We're called to stop long enough to just serve and love people. 
And we're called to worship at times where it seems like it's kind of odd to do so. But God honors that. Watch what happens next. She pours it out. The house is filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, there's always that one, right? But Judas Iscariot, the dis- disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was, a, was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So let's stop here for a second. This lady, this Mary, she's like, this, this is a time of worship. You guys, listen, all the people are here, and they're here to see Lazarus, and they're here to see Jesus, and, and you guys don't understand that there's so much more as to what's going on here. And, and I'm going to worship so that you understand that, that just how much Jesus means to me. She didn't care about what anybody else thought. What she was doing was looking at like, what are you doing with your hair and on his feet? That, you don't do that. What are you doing? She was there to worship the risen Savior. And she knew that the risen Savior was on his way to death. The reason you know that is because the perfume she was using was to anoint those that were dying. And then there's always that one guy, right? Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing talking about Jesus? What are you doing sharing your faith? What do you mean you have a Bible on your desk? Well, whoa, what are you doing quoting, quoting scripture, you know, to other people? What well, the judge not, that should be judged thing, you know. They want to throw everything out they can. And they want to put it right back to you. Watch the next thing that happens. And this is so important for us. Jesus replied, leave her alone. Now let's look at what Mary did here. Mary took in this society, was worth one year's wages. Now, I'm not going to ask you how much you make, but let's talk about how painful this is, all right? Dallas is going to love me if this comes true. Next week, the week before Easter, I want you to take whatever you make in a year. And don't give me this, taking the taxes out first. We give our first fruits. I want your gross. <laughs> I want you to write it out in a check. We're going to put a basket over there, and I want everyone that's going to be here next Sunday to drop that check in the offering basket. Who's in? (laughs) She gave over a year's wages. That's how the other people saw it. She saw it as, she saw it as, I am anointing my Savior, the Messiah, the one that everyone's been looking for all this time. He's right here in front of all of us, guys. Don't miss it. And she was willing to worship at his feet no matter what anybody else had to say. And at the time when it was needed, God stepped in. This is why you need someone alongside of you. We're just not strong enough. Right? Like, like, see, if if I'd been at the bank that day and I had Ben with me, I'd have just made eye contact with Ben. I would have walked that guy and ran him over. I wouldn't have had to worry about it, right? No, no, no. That's not how we look at things. We need to have that person alongside of us. It could be our husband, it could be our wife, it could be our kids, it could be our grandkids, it could be your grandparents, parents, whatever it might be. You know what? I want to invite someone to church next week. I've never done that before. Okay, well, who do you want to invite? Your life. Who would you want to invite? Who is it that you know that needs to hear about Jesus? Who is it you know, and we hear this all the time, they're so far away from the church, they need to get back to church, they need to hear about Jesus. Who's your teammate that you need to reach out to? Who's that you works for you or that you work for that needs to hear about Jesus? Do you know what the answer is? Everyone needs it. But you need someone alongside of you 
that is willing to say, okay, listen, who is it that's on your heart? You know, who's on my heart? My teammate, you know, Billy. Um, that one guy's wife, Janet, whoever she is, right? We talk to our husband, talk to our wife, talk about that person alongside of us so that when their struggle comes, I tried this and I said this and, and it just, it got shot down. Well, maybe it's not the right time. Keep being an example. Okay, well, who's on your heart? You know what? I'm going to reach out to our neighbor because our neighbor, I see him and he's always so grumpy and they just seem so unhappy and, you know, I'm just going to reach out to him. Okay, which one? The, the guy next door? No, three doors down. You know, let, let, I wanna, I'm going to go and talk to him. You know, okay, this work, you pray about it, boom, we go down and do that. We need a person alongside of us. Jesus discipled his disciples for three years, and then what did they become? Apostles. We walk alongside of one another, and then we go and we send the message. This is exactly what's taking place here. When we're willing to serve, love, care for others, and when we're willing to worship no matter what, but we got to have someone alongside of us. It makes us stronger, and it especially makes us stronger in our faith. Jesus said, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. So he's telling them, I'm going to my death. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. See, Jesus could minister like this. He could talk to a crowd. He could talk to a stadium. He could talk to someone one-on-one. -on -one. one of the most amazing things that I ever read in the scripture, and it was like one of those, oh my goodness, you talk about an just a mind-blowing thing. I thought... That when Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, when he shared that whole thing, John 3.16, the second most quoted verse in the Bible, that when he shared that verse, that it was to, it was like a Billy Graham crusade. And all you people up in the nosebleeds and all you people over there. And the speaker's on the outside and it's blaring across the countryside. And millions of people got to hear it. That, that isn't how it happened. He had a conversation with one guy on a rooftop who was the, the, one of the most religious, the highest ranking, Nicodemus, within all of the area. He wa had to walk under the rooftop, all the other disciples looking at him, checking him out, and he came and sat down, and Jesus had the conversation with a non-believer who was searching. And that's what non-believers do. They search. And you know what? That's what believers do too. And we sit there and we beat ourselves up, and we knock ourselves around. We're like, oh, I'm not doing this right, and I, I screwed this up, and I did this wrong. And God says this, believe. Walk in your faith. Serve, which means love others. Worship, even when you don't feel like worshiping. And then the last part to it. You ready? When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and to also see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. What did Lazarus do? He just showed up. He's like, I was dead for like days. Now we're eating. It's pretty cool. So... I think even I smell a little bit, but, you know, I was in there for four days and, you know, I only have half an elbow now. I mean, this is how we know, by the way, that John was walking with Jesus when he wrote it. If we would have wrote this story, you know what we would have done? We would have had the interview with Lazarus. Lazarus, tell me about what happened when you went up and you died and then what happened when you went in the tomb and then what you saw and then when you came out. We would have had the whole interview in here. We don't ever hear from Lazarus. But you know what we see from Lazarus? He showed up. Now, I know it's a Baptist thing, right? Hey, if we have food, everyone will show up. Correct? Fried chicken, all that. We're, we're there. Lazarus showed up. Sometimes the best thing you can do, and especially for a loved one, is to show up. We don't realize that if we do it in the small things, by serving and loving others, going to my kid's game, going to my kid's event, being there for grand, grandpa's day, grandma, grandparents' day, parents' day, whatever it might be, showing up is a form of worship. 
when we're taking God with us in every single moment. Lazarus showed up. And watch what happens. It says the leading priest, the leading priest, I guess they had ranked, decided to kill Lazarus too. And that cracks me because I'm like, he was just dead and he came back. And I didn't want to kill him. And Jesus is going to go, hey, get back up. No, we just killed him. I know, get it back up. He's dead. He's alive. He's dead. He's alive. We go back and forth all day with this. I don't know. For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. So now the very Messiah, remember God hasn't spoken for 400 years? The very Messiah they're looking for is right there in front of them and they can't recognize it. Why? Because they don't believe. How many of you have friends, family members that are sitting at home right now going, oh, man, just get in here so you can hear God's word. When you hear from Dallas, you, you learn something. That whole thing with the whole you know, rise and the prophecy and all that stuff when they were talking about the Canadian churches and how more Canadian churches have been burned than in China. And then he was like, and the reason for that is because all the people in Vietnam ran, they ran to Canada, now they're in charge. And I was like, oh, it was like, Poof. I'm like sending him text messages. Then he starts sending me all this other stuff back and I'm reading about all these persecution stuff I didn't even realize. Why? Because he's willing to walk alongside of me and he's willing to share with me. You will learn something when you come in here from God's word. I guarantee it. You know why? Because Dallas spends a lot of time in this word. And there's going to be something along, some message every week that you're going to go, that is what I can take with me. But don't just take it with you and leave it at the door. Take it and apply it in your world. So how simple is today? Serve, which means love people. How simple is it today? Worship, even when it doesn't feel like you should be worshiping. How easy today? Just show up. Be present. Now, I'm going to show you something here real quick. Do you have, the, you have these pictures? I don't know. Is, it, is this behind me too? Tell me where I'm at. Can I come in front of here? Am I going to like, some, one time I did it as a church, I started going, all that kind of stuff. And I don't hear very well. So I'm like, why are these people like ducking and all that? But it was this thing. All right. This, what does this look like to you? Who said luggage? Okay. Luggage, right? That's the smartest person in the room. Obviously, because she was the only one that said it. That's luggage. Did, did you get the other picture as to what's in the luggage? Did I, stop for a second. This is the project, and, I, and they've, they've asked me to come back at some point to, to share about this. This is the project that you guys are a part of. What this does is this breaks the Bible down into manageable chunks. So we started with the Gospel of John, then we went to the missionary journeys of Paul, then we went to James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and then into the Old Testament with Ruth and Jonah. So if you read the English versions, you've read 16 books of the Bible. The next one that's coming out is Romans and Micah. It teaches you how to share the gospel with others. Most pastors don't know how to do that. We use an emoji, the purple Latin cross. You just go from Latin cross to Latin cross and Latin cross. And if they accept Jesus, you pray with them. And if they say no, you go, well, you're going to hell. <laughs> just making sure you all are paying attention. All right. One day a guy, there's a friend of mine said, John, you need to put these in Spanish too. And I'm like, I don't speak Spanish. I speak English. And the, I took French in high school. And I don't remember any of the words. But the sad thing is, and this is a true story, we had a French foreign exchange student. He taught us, remember, this is pre-believer, so, you know, forgive me for this. But he taught us how to cuss in French. It's the only thing I remember in French. So if any of you ever hear me speaking in French, you're like, <laughs> pardon his French. Seriously. <laughs> I can't speak Spanish. I can't read Spanish. If someone's doing it, I don't understand it. This crew right here went on a mission trip last year. And watch this, because this is, this is how 
All of this works together. When I was a youth pastor at the Akron Baptist Temple, how many of you guys know the Orlandos? Okay. Dad is Joe. Mom's Doreen. Three kids. Two of them were in our youth ministry. I missed Aaron, but I had uh, Eric and I had Stephanie. We had him, and we went on mission trips together. Joe is that guy. If you're going on a mission trip, he's the guy you call. He'll just, he talks to everybody about Jesus, has a conversation. Joe and I haven't, talking, haven't talked to him, and I can't tell you how long. We're having some work done at the house in our kitchen. And this guy's doing it. His name is Bo. And so I'm talking to Bo, and I've been talking about, you know, you know, hey, you know, how are you and your faith? Where are you at? Share with them the Emoji Gospel pro- or Bible Project. He shared it with all the different workers that have come in. We've shared it with all of them. We've talked about it. I said, so he's actually a believer. I'm like, where are you going to church? And he's like, ah, you know, I'm not really going to. I said, listen, you need to come to my church, but if it's closer, get your butt to City Church. I don't care which, but you've got to start getting to one of them. You're going to hear about God's word. It's going to be relevant. You're going to be able to apply it. So Deanna one day says, hey, that Bo guy, I think he's related to Joe Orlando. So she goes on Facebook because we're creepers. And then you just go into the photos and all their friends and all that kind of stuff. And we found out that sure enough, he's related to Joe Orlando. So we asked him, hey, are you related to Joe? And Doreen, he's like, yeah, Joe's my uncle. We're like, okay, let's pull a prank on him because I'm a former youth pastor and that's what we do. So here's what you're going to do, Bo. You're going to call him up and say, this weirdo guy is asking you to go on a mission trip with you. So we'll do it Monday morning. He's like, okay. So he calls up and he, and he starts whispering. I don't know why. I didn't tell him to whisper, but he's a theatrical guy, I guess. And he goes, Uncle Joe. And Joe's like, why are you whispering? He's like, oh, it's not so loud. He's like, hey, um, there's this weird guy. And he keeps asking me to go on a mission trip with him. And Joe's like, okay. He's like, and I, I, I wondered if he knew who he was. He's like, well, what's his name? He's like, yeah, Uncle Joe, keep it down. Well, what's his name? He says, John Stoll. Did you say John Stahl? Yeah, John Stahl. Go with him. <laughs> Uncle Joe, this guy's weird. He wants me to go on mission. Yeah, go with him. Bo, you need to get your butt in church. You need to go with him. God's relevant. God is real. You need to go with him. Go on the, and, and I'm like dying laughing. If I were to go on a mission trip, he'd be like the first guy I would take with me. You should take with you as well. He knows his son, or I'm sorry, his nephew needs to be closer to God. We all know that people need to be closer to God. They're just, it's easy to fall away. I haven't talked to Joe in forever, but what Joe saw and what Joe heard was, that's a guy that you can walk alongside and you can go share the word. Even when, go back to that, to that, to that uh, open thing here. Even when you can't speak the language and you can't read it, God's language is a language of love. But we can't do it until we choose to serve. And we can't do it until we choose to worship. And it's just so much easier when we choose to do it with someone alongside of us. So let's go back to the bank real quick. By the way, just so that everyone knows, if we can go back to this real quick. All these are being translated. They're into the New Living Translation. Can you go back to that last picture? I'm sorry. They're all being translated. The New Living Translation. They're all in the process of being transferred or also translated into Spanish. And that's where we're at right now because Paul is going into English and then to Spanish. We're doing Bible studies for all the books. I get the English one tomorrow. We're converting that one into Spanish. We're doing it for each one of the books so they now have this to use um, in every country because there in the Dominican, in Ecuador, in Panama, in Honduras, in Guatemala, it's helping pastors to train pastors. And you know what? You are all a part of that, every single one of you, because your church has said we can reach people with God's word. Here's the amazing thing, though. It's easy when it's people we don't know. It's really difficult when it's people we do know. Man, I know I haven't been perfect, and I know I'm a screw-up, and I know I do all these other kind of things, but, man, oh, man, I just, I just want you to know God loves you so much. 
And God loved me so much that he gave everything. Can, can you just, just show up with me for the next four or five weeks? I'll be there. I'm going to show up. I'm going to love you enough, just like Martha. I'm going I'm to serve. I'm, I'm going to be there. We're going to worship God together. We get to sing along with Ben, Lori, and the whole team, we, and all that stuff. We're going to listen to Dallas, and he's going to share things. We're going to be there. We're going to grow. It's really easy with people we don't know. It's really difficult with people we do know. So let's go back to the bank. Here I am talking to this guy, and now he wants to know what I think. And you had a cho- chance to think, okay, what is, it, you know, what is it you would say to him, right? Because once again, it's way easier. Here's the thing about it. I didn't know this guy. I kept looking at him and trying to place it. And after he asked me about, hey, what is it, you know, what do you think I should do? He realized, I don't know this guy either. We're two guys staring at each other that doesn't have a clue in the world as to what's going on. I never met him before, and I'm like, oh, well, if someone came to you and asked you for whatever eyes, what would you tell him? Listen, listen, here's the deal. Get right with God. Make sure that you know Jesus is a Savior because he loved you so much he gave everything. When you do that, take that into every relationship you have with your wife, with your kids, with your grandkids, with all their friends. Let them see God through you. And all along the way, thank God for it because you have blessing after blessing after blessing. Now, isn't that great that that's what I shared with them? Except I didn't. You know why? Because, man, I was on a project. I had 15 minutes. This guy's messing up my day. He broke the code. And I'd already moved on. Guys, every day, people need to know how much God loves them. And they're never going to know how much God loves them, especially the people in your life, until they know how much you love them. And it starts with a simple question. Engage your spouse, engage your children, engage your grandchildren, engage whoever it is that's close to you that you know believes. And if they don't believe, there's an opportunity to talk. Come sit next to me for the next four weeks. Your mindset is, I'm going to serve. I'm going to love them. Your mindset is, I'm going to worship even when it seems like the craziest time to worship. And your mindset, mindset with those two things, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be present. And when that happens, as a believer, you watch. You witness. You experience the glory of God. Because as you go out to bless others, you're going to find out that you're going to be blessed in return. Now, there's going to be the Judases. There's going to be the naysayers. That's why we need the person alongside of us. But let's see what God does over the next few weeks. Let's not wait till Easter. And let's not forget that check next week in the offering check. <laughs> now, the praise team is going to come up. They're going to sing a final song right where you sit. I just want you to close your eyes and rest for a moment. What's this look like in your world? What does this look like in your world? See, the people you deal with are different than the people I deal with. The people you know are different than I know. But one thing I do know is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved you in your world. For God so loved you and all the people around you in your world. He so loved that he gave everything. And when he gave everything, he gave us everything. So who is it that you can reach to? Who is it that you can talk to? Who is it you can just spend a little time with and say, hey, next Sunday is Palm Sunday. I don't want to wait for Easter. 
And if you'll meet me then, I'll meet you then. I'll meet you on Easter. I'll meet you all the way through Mother's Day. And we won't end with guilt. We'll end with grace. But it's up to us. We choose to serve, which means we choose to love. We choose to worship, even when sometimes it's not so convenient and we're on project after project. And we choose whether or not to be present. Heavenly Father, as we come to you, God, I'm so thankful for this time together with this church family. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word and what it means in our lives. God, we have an opportunity in every moment to just share your love because you shared your love, your son, with us first. So, Lord, help us to put aside all the guilt. Help us to put aside all the struggles. Help us to put aside the past. And, God, help us to celebrate the new birth that is coming up. Help us to find that person alongside of us that we can share so we can do this together. And God, over the next month, help us to not only learn more from your word, but to live it and to be that light in a dark world. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm forgiven because you Forsaken, I'm accepted. You are condemned, and I. Church family, is a blessing having Pastor John with us today, wasn't it? And uh, see the evidence, you know, the brotherhood of Christ is not defined by church names, by walls, by denominations. It's defined by the blood and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're thankful for that today. Can I add one thing? Yeah. So Dallas told me 23 minutes, nobody telling me. I went over. <laughs> 
I think it was 25. You'll have to, we'll have to check that later. <laughs> Your math is a little off, but every minute was worth it today. So, all right, the gentlemen are passing around our offering here this morning. And, uh, you know, it's cool to um, actually just get a glimpse today of the uh, Emoji Bible Project and to see that in suitcases, isn't it? And to see that going actually <laughs> to South America, basically. So it was going, it's in Ecuador now. What happened was these guys were on a mission trip and they were going down for a trip for their family. They had been on the mission trip and they wanted to see the country. So the whole family went down to ride motorcycles around the country. So they're taking the Spanish version to all the people they're going to, but there are so many schools, they're using it as, as textbooks. We're teaching language, they're actually learning the Spanish language. We just produce an audio book so they can listen and hear it at the same time. And that way, they're learning, the lang learning Spanish because there's people down there that don't even speak Spanish. And for those that are literate, now they can listen for the Spanish language. And then the ones that know Spanish are learning it in English. So there's a second school that just started. There's four churches. We don't send it for, through FedEx and the post office because they sit in a building. So we find the missionaries. So if you guys know people or hear people going on mission trips, let us know. The missionaries can take it as an extra bag on the plane with them, and it costs like $35 or whatever it might be, $50, and now they can take it directly to the missionaries. So this guy that's a missionary down there drove them to the hotel and then took all the books, and he's sharing them within the schools and the churches so they can use it for an outreach. Hmm. Amen. All right, church family, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, there is joy in the house of the Lord today. We're thankful for this time together. We're thankful for the message you put upon Pastor John and him being willing to share with our, our church family here today. Lord, just as you impressed upon him, I'm guilty of it too. It's so easy to hear a scripture, to hear a good word, and then to walk out that door and we don't do anything else with it. Across uh, the walls of John's church as you exit the building, it says you are now entering your mission field. Church family, take the challenge today. Pray over it. Pray over that family member that came across your mind, your neighbor, somebody you love. Maybe somebody that you don't, maybe have a hard time loving, but they need the love of Jesus. Let's invite them to church over this beautiful season where we celebrate the amazing love. Bless our church family in a special way. Bless Pastor John for sharing with us today. And let it all be done for your praise and your glory. And we pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, church family. Have a blessed week.